Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello and welcome back to Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Kerry Martin, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas out to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Insight on planning for the 2021 crop season is being offered by Texas A&M AgriLife to farmers in the Northeast Texas Panhandle and really to anyone who wants to participate online. I'm James Hunt and I'll tell you about that coming up on Texas Ag Today. Cotton farmers in Texas look to the next growing season. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Central Texas is finally seeing some typical winter weather for our region. This is Dr. Shane McClellan and I'll have more from Waco. We'll have those stories plus the latest news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. But first, here's Jessica Domel with news headlines. Seven Texans are being recognized by the National Sorghum Growers for the yields they achieved this season. Ryder Farms in San Patricio County was the first place winner in the Texas Dryland No-Till West category. They saw 123.5 bushels an acre. In the Dryland Tillage West category, first place went to Pop Farms 05 in Wharton County. They saw 146.8 bushels an acre. Michael Brothers in Fort Bend County took second place in that category with 146.6 bushels an acre. Legacy Farms in Noises County took home third place with 100 and 31.6 bushels an acre. In the irrigated west category, four-way farms in Dallam County took home first place with 192.3 bushels an acre with a pioneer variety. Kevin Shigoda of Tree County won second place in the irrigated category with 183.3 bushels an acre with a pioneer variety. Third place went to D.L. Nut Farms JV of Floyd County. They saw 169.9 bushels an acre with a Pioneer variety. Registration is underway for the 8th Annual Red River Crops Conference. It will be held January 20th and 21st. A link to RSVP is available on today.agrilife.org. The last-minute COVID-19 relief package passed by Congress includes some much-needed assistance for agriculture. It includes $13 billion for USDA, with $11.2 billion provided to the Secretary of Agriculture to support producers, processors, and contract growers. Scott Bennett from the American Farm Bureau Federation joins us with more. Contract livestock growers will now be able to recover 80% of their losses caused by canceled or delayed orders. And we've also seen specialty and non-specialty crop growers receive through this round of aid $20 per planted acre. Bennett says the bill also renews the Paycheck Protection Program. Those comments from Scott Bennett from the American Farm Bureau Federation. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. 
An upcoming Texas A&M AgriLife event designed for Texas panhandle producers will have the potential for a much greater geographic reach due to the pandemic. James Hunt explains from Amarillo. It's called the Northeast Panhandle Crop Profitability Conference, and Ockletree County Extension agent Scott Strawn says it provides farmers with market outlooks for various commodities and insight on how to hopefully make money. Based on the current markets and the cost of producing that crop, we look at different budgets, like variable costs, fixed costs, and compare those back to possible yield income and therefore they can begin to plan hopefully what their crop mix will be, how many acres, what their break-evens will be, and maybe even develop their marketing plans from all this information. The conference is on January 7th and would under normal circumstances be an event for producers to attend in person, but due to COVID is being offered virtually this time via Zoom. On the bright side, that technology does make the conference more widely available. More information can be found online using Northeast Panhandle Crop Profitability Conference as your search term. In Amarillo, James Hunt for the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The number of cattle in Texas feedlots is practically the same as last month, but down slightly from a year ago. USDA reports a Texas feedlot inventory of 2,900,000 head. That's down only 10,000 from last month and down 30,000 head from a year ago. Placements into Texas feedlots have dropped sharply, standing at 405,000 head. That's down a big 16% from last month. Marketings during November estimated at 400,000 head, down 3% from the previous month. New cotton varieties will be available for Texas cotton farmers next year. Tom Nicoletti has more. The Delta Pine class of 21 cotton varieties will offer stability and broad adaptation for farmers in Texas and across the cotton belt. We pick up today on two more new varieties set for release in the state in 2021. Keelan Golston, Delta Pine Cotton Manager, is with me now as he joins us from Arkansas. And uh, Keelan, uh, talk about uh, first the the fiber quality of DP2143 for West Texas cotton growers. Delta Pine 2143 in our B3XF is a new set of germplasm that I'm really excited about, Tom. It's a variety that's resistant to both reniform and root knot nematode bushy type plant with good seed size got excellent yield of potential of you know across the different uh, soil types and environments but its real strength is going to be on acres where growers have either root knot nematode or, or reniform nematode pressure also one that, that brings excellent fiber quality both from a micronair and length and a, and a strength perspective so uh, a set of germplasm that i think is really going to have a fit across texas then there is a dp 2127 uh, for the rolling plains and other regions in texas this variety, uh, Keelan, showed a solid performance on test plots of uh, the new product evaluator growers. Delta Pine 2127 B3XF is a really widely adapted variety that travels east to west and north to south very well. Uh, it's just really a solid performer across the belt. Uh, it, it's a variety that's tall and aggressive growing, so it is going to need PGR management. But it's also a, a very unique variety in the fact that it's got a very open canopy. So it, it, it's kind of unique in, in that perspective. It certainly 
offers top-end yield potential and has a, a great seed size with great stand establishment and early season vigor. The one thing I, I will say, Tom, is that it, it's got kind of an open bowl type, so growers need to... Uh, you know, harvest it timely, but it's one that also has moderate tolerance to vert wilt. Just a, a really strong variety across the belt. Now, Keelan, certainly input from an, an analysis uh, from growers here in Texas and uh, throughout the nation uh, on new variety selections uh, year to year through the uh, NPE New Product Evaluator Program. Certainly very beneficial for uh, for you and for them. Oh, a- absolutely. You know, the the New product evaluator program started back in 2008, and and it has been just invaluable in what it's brought to Delta Pine as far as which varieties to commercialize and how to manage them once they are commercialized. This this program's just been fantastic, and I can't say thank you enough to our NPE growers. That again is Keelan Ghost, and he is Delta Pine Cotton Manager. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Central Texas is finally seeing some typical winter weather. Dr. Shane McClellan reports from Waco. The only thing consistent about Texas weather is that it will change, and we often hear that, but it's definitely true. In Central Texas, we've had some really big swings in daily temperature. Too often, we will see a temperature in the 30s, and then in the afternoon, it'll be in the 60s. Uh, It'll happen over and over. These really drastic daily temperature swings are really hard on livestock, I know of several stocker operators that are treating a lot of sick cattle just due to these big swings in daily temperatures. This past week, we did see more of a cooling down in our temperatures, and it stayed somewhat damp and cool for an extended period of time uh, with some overcast skies. It actually felt and looked like winter. We haven't had many strong stretches of winter days altogether like that until this past week. Central Texas has also finally received some moisture. It spit and sputtered its way to half an inch of moisture for that rainy period. Most of us in agriculture were actually happy to see any amount of rain that would add up. We needed a good, slow soaking rain spread out over time, and we got that, but we just didn't get the volume of water that we needed. We also need a large volume of water to fill our very low stock tanks. Winter wheat looks better than expected for the amount of rain that we've had. The early planted wheat really looks good, but the later planted wheat has emerged and is growing, but it will need some more moisture to continue to actually grow and do well. Livestock are eating a lot of hay. Uh, We see more and more livestock gathering around hay bales, and we have had several freeze events that have pushed our warm season forages to dormancy. There is not a lot of green out in pastures, and uh, unless you have stock grazing out on wheat and oats, uh, you're just not going to have them on any kind of green. We do need more of the wet stuff for our pastures to respond and green up. Until next time, this has been Dr. Shane McDonough from Waco. The COVID-19 relief package passed this week by Congress includes some much-needed assistance for agriculture. Michael Clements has more from Washington. American Farm Bureau Federation Congressional Relations Director Scott Bennett says a recently passed spending bill provides $13 billion to USDA, with $11.2 billion provided to the Agriculture Secretary to support producers, processors, and contract growers. Contract livestock growers will now be able to recover 80% of their losses caused by canceled or delayed orders. 
And we've also seen specialty and non-specialty crop growers receive through this round of aid $20 per planted acre. The markets for these crops disappeared overnight when the pandemic hit. And while many of these markets have recovered, the losses from earlier in the year continue to take their toll on farm families. Additionally, specialty crop producers will be able to include crop insurance payments and disaster payments in their 2019 sales calculation, providing a more accurate picture of farm income. Bennett says the bill also renewed the Paycheck Protection Program. Small farmers continue to be hit hard by the pandemic. The Paycheck Protection Program, that money is a lifeline to keep families afloat, and we were excited to see that extended in this bill. Bennett says AFBF welcomes the much-needed relief package. We're pleased that Congress understands that there's been a toll that this pandemic has continued to take on farmers, ranchers in rural America. This round of assistance, it addresses losses suffered by farmers who are forced to euthanize livestock prematurely with no market and therefore no income, and that includes contract growers. We're pleased that the bill provides additional help for specialty and non-specialty crop growers, and the Paycheck Protection Program will help small farmers continue operating. Michael Clements, Washington. Researchers may have found a new species of whale. I'm Jessica Dommel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And service animals have become very popular, and there are some concerns about air travel with them. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd takes a closer look at that issue coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Service animals have become very popular, but there are some concerns about air travel with them, and that can be especially important at this time of year. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more. There have been lots of issues with the large number of service dogs that were traveling by commercial airplane, as the rules were unclear. Many people were wanting to fly with pets in the cabin as service animals that could potentially endanger the flight. The U.S. Department of Transportation indicates a service animal is a dog that is individually trained to do work or perform tasks for the benefit of a person with a disability. Emotional support animals are not service animals, and the airlines are required to treat psychiatric service animals the same as other service animals. The Department of Transportation has forms that the airlines require attesting to a service animal's health, behavior, and training, and attesting to the ability of relieving itself in a sanitary manner or not relieve itself at all during the flight. Individuals traveling with service animals must provide the forms 48 hours prior to flight. However, people with disabilities traveling with a service dog can still check in online, but a single person can only travel with two service animals. The serviced animal must fit within the handler's foot space on the aircraft, and animals must be harnessed, leashed, or tethered the entire time in the airport and on the airplane. 
Animals that are aggressive or pose a direct threat can be refused transportation by the airlines, but refusal cannot be solely based on breed. The concern about this regulation is that the form requires a veterinarian to attest to the animal's health, which is fine, but attesting to behavior is impossible, as no one can predict how an animal will react in certain situations. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Researchers may have found a new species of whale. Jessica Domel has more in today's wildlife report. Researchers looking for a rare species of beaked whales off the western coast of Mexico may have found a new species of whale. According to Reuters, if the find is confirmed, it would mark a significant discovery among giant mammals. Researchers say they realized they may have found a new species after reviewing the photos they took of beaked whales near the San Benito Islands, that's 300 miles south of the U.S. border. Jay Barlow, a marine mammal biologist at the Scripps Institution of Oceanography, told Reuters the whale's teeth were unusually placed and their calls underwater were unique. The researchers are currently waiting on analysis of water samples with potential DNA from the whales in it to determine if it's a new, previously unknown species of whale or not. Beaked whales are called such because they have pointy, dolphin-like snouts. According to Reuters, there's not much known about them because they're mostly found in remote waters. They spend a lot of time deep in the ocean to avoid predators and only surface for air. If the whales spotted by the researchers are confirmed to be a new species, there will be 24 known beaked whale species in the world. Starting January 19th, the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service will host a pond and lake management webinar series for landowners interested in improving the quality of aquatic habitat and sport fishing opportunities. The hour-long webinars will be held monthly and will continue through June 15th. Details are available at today.agrilife.org. That is today.agrilife.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We saw higher prices across the board in the agricultural markets. Cattle futures finishing higher, cotton and grains all taking off to the upside. We'll have a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Truck drivers, if you're stuck on a railroad crossing, don't just sit there. It takes a freight train more than a mile to stop, even in an emergency. So by the time you hear this, it could be too late to save your truck and maybe your license or your life. Instead, immediately get out of your truck, away from the tracks, and call the number on the emergency sign at the crossing. That gives the railroad a chance to stop trains before they get to you. Always call the emergency number. It could save your truck, your license, and your life. Go to OLI.org for info. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. During a holiday-type trade, we usually see some big swings in the market, and that was definitely the case on Wednesday. The cattle market had a higher day in both live and feeder cattle, and we saw some strong moves to the upside in cotton and grains. First, let's start with the cattle market. December live cattle up $1.60, $111.92. February up $1.27, $1.1472. April live cattle up $1.05, $1.1870. January feeder cattle up $30. 7 cents 140 27 March feeders up 7 
141.95. Cash Fed Keta market still fairly quiet on Wednesday. We did see some early week sales up in Iowa at 106. The online Fed Cattle Exchange sold a few cattle at 110. So a few cattle to get things started, but still haven't seen the big volumes for the week yet. Boxed beef prices were lower on Wednesday. Choice down a dollar ninety-two, 208.75. Select down ninety cents. 198.69. Let's check a feeder cattle auction now. Columbus Livestock in Columbus, Texas sold 1,291 head. The trend steady to higher. Two to three weight steers bought $1.25 to 220 a pound. Three to four weight steers $1.20 to $2. Four to 500 pounders $1.15 to $1.96. Five to six weight steers $1.10 to $1.75. Six to 700 pounders $1 to $1.31. With the heavy seven to eight weight steers bringing 95 cents to $1.24 a pound. Slaughter cows 20 to 59 cents. Slaughter bulls 55 to 84. Stocker cows 550 to 1150 a head. Cow calf pairs 750 to 1250 a pair. Now back over to the futures market. Lean hogs closed higher. February jumping a dollar 82, 67.85. April hogs up a dollar 27 at 71.30. January class three milk up 76 cents, 17.14 a hundredweight. As we mentioned earlier, it is typical to see some big swings in the cotton and grain markets here in the holiday week. We saw that on Wednesday. March cotton up 53 points, 75.35. May cotton up 131 points, 76.74. December 21 cotton up 94 cents, 73.27. A strong move to the upside in the wheat market, both hard and soft wheat closing higher. July Kansas City wheat up seven and three quarters, 5.92 and a half. July Chicago wheat up seven and a half, six seventeen a bushel. The corn market higher. September corn up two and a quarter, four twenty eight and three quarters. In the energy markets, January natural gas down sixteen cents at two sixty one. February crude oil up a dollar five forty eight oh seven a barrel. The financial markets mixed with the Dow Jones Industrial Average up one hundred fourteen points thirty thousand one twenty nine. The Nasdaq down 36, 12,771. The S&P 500 up two at 3,690. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up another edition of Texas Ag Today. Thanks so much for joining us. Remember, we'll be right back here tomorrow to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. Hope to see you then. I'm Kerry Martin, and this is Texas Ag Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.